Welcome to Middle Fingers Up, the show where we hold our heads high and our middle fingers higher. I'm your host, Kieran McKay. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming back a familiar voice and a dear friend to the podcast. Joining us again is the incredible Mike Siebel, whose openness and authenticity in our last recording about his journey left a lasting impact on us, and I'm sure it will or has, depending on if you've listened to the episode, because of how that conversation went, I felt we needed to have you back. We needed to have Mike back to talk a little bit more about his journey. And I'm so grateful that you did come back because I guess the best way I can say this to you is that, first of all, thank you for returning back. Um, Your willingness to be vulnerable and genuine contributed to the safe space we're trying to role model here on on the podcast. And those safe spaces naturally generate meaningful conversations. And I feel we're truly grateful over here that you would come back and want to be part of a conversation like that that keeps going. Because I think it means a lot to our listeners as well who are on this journey of learning and being curious and so thank you for being part of that. I, I appreciated the feedback you left me with after our last recording too. And so we went back, we did some thinking, and I just feel there's there's this allyship going on between you and I that's outside of friendship. It's, it's about generating, like we said, opportunities, spaces for people that don't have voices or people that maybe are misheard. Um, and also for those that are really curious and want to know a little bit more about others. So you you did a fantastic job in the last episode coming on and, and talking about your journey and the fact that you're back. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform to share my story. And hopefully people, like you said, have listened and learned or maybe they already knew the information, but it, perhaps it's reaffirming not that we need someone to validate us, but it, it does feel good to know that you're not alone. If, yeah. If you have similar experiences. Yeah to what I have. And also we talked about last time, something that I think is important. It's all about intention when you ask questions. So don't feel bad about asking questions. You're trying to learn, you're trying to understand someone else's, you know, lived experience that you aren't necessarily going to know, but how do you get to know someone or learn about an experience if you don't ask? Right? Totally. So. And you did, you talked about no question is silly or stupid. It's, it just comes down to, like you said, it's not what we ask, it's how we ask. And I thought that was really thoughtful. And the episode that we recorded with you, I will give you some feedback. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if anything, any insight or anything kind of popped up for you after our recording, Something that I've been bringing up in a lot of conversations since you and I both talked about was the conversation of privilege. And you you just did this wonderful, natural way that you do in the conversation. You talked about how you you come from a marginalized community, and I'm talking about the 2S LGBTQ plus community. And at the same time, you belong to a marginalized community, you are trying to, with your community, find your voice, find a space for yourselves, a safe space, yet you're a white man. And yep. you talked about, I have these different hats that I have to essentially recognize 
and where when I walk into conversations. And and we all have this context and parts of us that we have to bring into conversations. Our privileges are all at different levels when we walk into a conversation. And I just think it's we're better off when we all recognize where we stand when we start a conversation with someone. And the way that you had brought that up really resonated. Good for you to to come from a community where you know, I can identify in some ways as as a person of color being marginalized, but also you have you have an opportunity to use your voice in a way as well as role model for others as a white man. That's something that I I don't think struggle is the right word, but I'm always trying to be mindful about because while yes, I have had some experiences for sure that have discriminated against me, I try and recognize all the time the privilege that I have and that and this is something that I often think about with, sorry, this might go on on a tangent, <laughs> but I, I I feel like, again, it goes back to that narrative of having the right intention, asking the right questions. And so while the world has kind of evolved around the white male experience, this cisgender white male experience, um, it doesn't mean that their voice doesn't count, but it means that there might be an opportunity now to listen and take a back seat and observe more. And it doesn't mean that you're not valued. It doesn't mean you're not important everyone's important but the the world has been kind of set up for success for you if you fit that mold if Mm -hmm. you will and so that's something that i am constantly thinking about and and trying to keep in check because it's easy to fall into your privilege and it can be exhausting and and when you have that privilege it's nice in a way that you can fall back on it if you need a break in terms of like i'm just done with the struggle i need to just live my life for a couple of days or a week or whatever yeah. without having this internal struggle. And not everyone has that, right? Yeah. If you if you can't blend in to the to the general population, if you will, then mm-hmm. it's a lot harder. And and the nice thing is the general population is is looking more and more diverse. So there is a, a bit more of an ease to blend in, but it, it's yes. not the case for a lot of people, right? Totally. So, yeah. No, I think that's yeah. really well said. And I think for those that fit with what you're saying with there's moments where you're like, okay, I need a I need a break from what's happening here. Yeah. I think for those that are part of a marginalized community and maybe you don't have that outlet and, and privilege in the way where you can take a break. I know what's worked for me and I've talked to others is that talking, finding people from your community. I think sometimes when you come from a similar community, you seem to kind of hide or run from each other. In the South Asian community, this often happens. Go on vacation and you'll be three people of color at a at an all-inclusive resort. And there used to be times for me back in the day where I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't another brown girl. I don't want to like get out of here. And there's been, you know, lots of flip the switch and a lot of internalizing and looking at why do I have to compete with someone from my own community? And now when you go walk into a room and you see someone that is similar to you or identifies with similar beliefs, values, there's a connection. And I think sometimes just seeking a connection when we feel isolated or we feel like I can't fight the fight anymore, finding people in your community that you can go back and get to be yourself or be safely with, I think can be really, really helpful because we can't all fight the world. This was how many, how many centuries in the making and you know how many centuries in the unmaking i don't know it's going to take to shift the power right but that doesn't mean we we stop it just means let's find people that we can connect with i really appreciate the way that you talk about balancing where you come from as well as the 
the internal struggles, external struggles that you're battling every day. So this is why I'm so excited to have have you back and learn more with you and from you. So mm-hmm. anything stand out for you from the last episode? I mean, as you bring that up, I think it kind of is along the same discussion that we just had or, or topic, but it just made me think of a friend that really taught me a lot of this and, yeah. and we don't really talk anymore. Like, you know, friends come into your life, they say a reason, a season, a lifetime. And this was, I would say a reason. And while we don't really talk anymore, I still hope the best for this person like opportunity to learn from them was just so great, right? And that I wouldn't have been aware of if it wasn't for our conversations and our friendship throughout the years that yeah. we were friends. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it's not that we're not friends, we're just not really connecting right now. Yeah, so. that's good. Want to ask you then if we want to move forward, should we get into yes. our MFU segment? Yes, let's do the MFU segment. Did you bring something today? I was thinking about that over the last day, and and I have a few. Oh, <laughs> I always have a few, but one that maybe is just more on the lighter side. And I know we we talked a little bit about aging last time, but <laughs> yes. I just I used to be able to sleep through everything. Mm-hmm. And right now in Montreal, we had a huge dump of snow last week, and there was a bit of rain uh, and lots of icicles, and so it's been raining like crazy. And I woke up hearing icicles falling off our roof and I was like oh my god did I park the car too close <laughs> to the house and is an icicle gonna like pierce through it so I got up at like 4 50 this morning and moved the car my husband's like what are you doing <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my goodness protecting the car so anyways the middle finger up for me is just how sleep is important yes. it's more important I think the older you get and ironically the older you get the harder it can be to get a good night's sleep so f you yeah yeah <laughs> double middle yeah double up. middle finger I I agree like sleep is a basic need that is often underestimated we just yeah. we're because we have so much to do we have so much to do we can't do it while we're sleeping yet our body needs us our mind needs you know all that it's been doing all day to catch up mm-hmm. through that sleep and i i agree there's been we we got a puppy recently and so we've been crate training her and the other day my husband carrie comes home from work and he's like I'm still got the bathroom. When Kieran's got her bathrobe on still, it's always a sign of, oh, like, what is this about? Is it her period or what's happening? Right. And so he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing good right now. And so he's like, do you think you need sleep? And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. But it's like the last thing you think of, you think I'm getting sick and all these other things. Right. So I would, I would agree with you. Middle fingers up to not getting enough sleep. Bullshit. Well, maybe that would be a good session to have. Bring in a sleep expert on one of the upcoming podcasts and we can learn more. Right? You know, there's sleep training babies, but we I'm sure there's a cross between re-sleep training us as grown-ups. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. Okay, I like that one. I have one too today. Ooh. Yeah. So I always appreciate conversations with folks because sometimes those conversations that you leave where you reflect afterwards and something doesn't sit well with you and you're like, what what was that? What was that? And so my middle fingers up is going to, sometimes I think when we, I don't know if others would agree, but I know I've been part of conversations where I've been on both ends of this, where you maybe are saying this to people or we hear people saying like, I don't know why that person is complaining because they have it so good. Mm-hmm. And maybe for the sake of this conversation, I was I was learning through an insider that 
somebody was sort of saying, I don't know what Kieran's complaining about. She has it so good. Her life is so great. And I was, that got me thinking, right? Because automatically I go to guilt mode, like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to be complaining. I do. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I'm very fortunate. So clearly I'm projecting something out there that's showing that I'm complaining. And then I got some thinking. I'm like, oh, I wonder if people have been listening to some of these episodes. Maybe sometimes it's hard to listen with curiosity and we listen with defensiveness. I don't know. But, you know, like for me, I just thought, okay, like for, for those of us that go there and think, what is that person complaining about? It's an invitation for all of us to reflect on, I think, our own perspective of where is this coming from for me? And like, what am I really asking? What am I really trying to say? Can we, yeah. can I encourage myself to go from that defensive statement to being a little more curious? Because I just like this whole movement, this whole podcast isn't about comparing stories, it's about unique experiences and challenges that might seem good on the surface. We all, all seem good on the surface, um, but maybe yeah. we don't always capture the full picture, right? We don't always feel safe with each other. We have friendships, even family members that we know all our life, and they still will only know us from the surface and not really right. what's what's going on beneath. And it's never about comparing struggles, but understanding that everyone's journey is different. And I think yeah. that's what we're trying to do here is not compare or, or complain. It's inviting empathy, inviting curiosity, and just learning about each other and maybe connecting the dots to does that resonate with me? Or next time I'm going to be in a conversation with someone, how can I how can I generate curiosity of, oh, you used uh, to do this one thing over here and you don't do that anymore versus yeah. however else it comes out for people? Because we, I think we all have more layers, you know, we're all the like Shrek would say, we're like an onion, right? Yeah. And and we forget, <laughs> right? We yeah. peel the first layer, eyes get watery, and we kind of stop from there. And I, there's more, there's more peeling to do. And it's not all of our job to get to the bottom of everyone's layers either. I think it's just understanding, like we decide to share what we want with each other. And yep. when we start to wonder, like, what is that person's problem? you know, maybe A, it's not our business or B, we can we can ask them how they're doing or find a creative or yeah. kind way to dig a little bit deeper. Or I think look into ourselves and say, why am I so worked up on this person and their story? So like speaking of understanding, what part of your story do you wish people would, you know, people knew more about? That's a good question. What about my story would I want more people or just people, I think it's possibly everything can look good on the surface, but it doesn't mean that we don't have struggles and struggles can be different things. I was thinking or just listened to your Christmas podcast, mm -hmm. actually, we were talking about this earlier. And one of the things that your guest brought up, which was something that is a reality is, you know, if you're part of the 2SLGBTQ plus community and you're going for a Christmas party or a holiday or, or what have you, and you can't bring your true self, right? Like you really, everyone's bringing their partner and you're not out to everyone and you're not sure how it's going to be received and you come alone, but your partner is at home. Like that can be really soul crushing. And so while that's not the reality for me, it's just that, you know, what people see on the surface is not always everything that's happening in behind the scenes. Yeah. And so how does that relate to me? Like there's times where I have struggles mentally or, you know, otherwise I may not project that, but it doesn't mean that everything is rosy. And, and to your point, like, you know, oh, he's got it so good or whatever, like that it may seem that way, but it, it's not the reality of the people that are living it yeah. in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. 
and I'm not saying that I'm struggling with a lot. Like it's not a uh, you know a canary in the coal mine. Me saying this as a warning for anyone that knows me out there, or for you, Kieran, to yeah. think, oh, I need to reach out to him after. But yeah. just to just to kind of point out that we all have experiences that make up who we are, and they can have different gravities to yeah. them than what other people may perceive. Totally, I I appreciate you saying that. I would add too that sometimes people have done a really good job looking great on the surface. But I think sometimes as a defense mechanism, a lot of people look great and are fantastic on the surface because they've had to find a way to yes. cope or maybe put the coping on hold and yeah. bury it deep down somewhere so that they can connect with the rest of the world. And it gets tiring and it gets exhausting. And I would imagine it gets very lonely. Because yeah. your loved ones don't even get to know the real you in the way that you maybe were hoping they would, or you don't even get to know the real you. So, you know, it's just such a simple comment to make of what is that person complaining about? And I just think sometimes I would encourage all of us just to be a little more mindful when we talk like that. What is yeah. that about? It's often not about the person you're saying it. it's often about ourselves, exactly. right? And anytime I've been upset yeah. with someone or jealous about something or annoyed with someone and I put it on them, often it's comes back to why am I that annoyed with the fact that they said that either there's truth to it or there's something more there that I should dig. So, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that too, because I think we have to just understand, especially I think as a holiday, like you said that you listened to the holiday episode, holiday seasons or certain times of the year, we're expected to be so happy and grateful. And yeah. it's hard for people that yeah. struggle with that right and so yeah. i just you know if we can just be a little bit more compassionate towards ourselves it's amazing how much more compassionate we can be towards each other absolutely so, thank you for letting me bring that one up i appreciate that so yeah thank you for letting me tell you my story there yeah 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 right <laughs> well let's yeah. talk more about your story okay right okay so last time you were <laughs> here we talked about what growing up for you was like and in mm -hmm. your journey and your story some of the highlights that came up you talked about body image issues for a boy a boy growing up to a man who became a dietitian and the work that you've been doing to manage some of that and you and I had a fun conversation even earlier about how to rescript some of these conversations we get in with friends and family about you yeah. know like I said I was getting ready to go to Mexico and oh how do you wear the right bathing suit all these things and how do we get that out you also talked about coming out, and, first of all, discovering how you identified mm -hmm. and the story, and I won't, you know, no spoiler alert, but the story of how you were not wanting to be disrespectful towards women yeah. and looking at women <laughs> to then start thinking yes. of boys. And, you know, that was interesting. And kudos to your relationship with your father. That was a big highlight. You, t you talked about someone who you weren't sure how was going to respond. You took a risk with your relationship with your dad and talking to him yeah. about who you were. And he sounded like was one of the safest people in the end to, yeah. to go to who had a lot of understanding and someone that maybe ma many wouldn't have expected. And that, that was a, I think a powerful moment as well. And you yeah. just talked about your journey growing up, coming out and finding your true voice. And, and I think you're still working on that, still figuring that yeah. out. And in that conversation, I was really hoping, and I know you want it to as well, get into your journey with drag 
And no. we thought we put that on hold because you and I also hadn't talked for several years. So we, it was like our reunion yeah. slash recording. <laughs> and I was like yeah. three hours later, we're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get on with this. Our partners yeah. were very patient with us. Great summary. It's like you uh, were actively listening. Oh, wow. You know, hopefully. Surprise, eh? <laughs> See <laughs> yeah. what happens when, you, when you're present in a conversation. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, and yeah, did, did you want to add anything to that recap? Because I did it for you. <laughs> uh, I think it's good. I guess the only thing as you were saying that I was reflecting and just to call out, it wasn't that my mom wasn't supportive. And I'm not saying you didn't say that, but more just the difference of what the expectation yes. of the response would be. Yes, My mom fell in line with what I expected. My dad was the one where, you know, in that kind of hyper-masculine role as an electrician working in the oil and gas oh, industry, like, you know, sure. you're just, you're not sure what the response is going to be like. So the, the difference between what my expect potential expectation was, was just much yeah. bigger. One other thing that I wanted to reiterate from our last conversation in the podcast prior to this one is just the coming out experience. And that while my experience, if listeners had listened to that specific podcast, may not have seemed very traumatic to them. And and I would agree it was there was some internal preparation for potential trauma, like yeah. thinking I might have to disown my family and never talk to them again. That wasn't the outcome, thank God. But that's not the reality of a lot of people who come out, right? That yeah. they lose their families, they get kicked out before they're ready. And and so I think that's something that's important to reiterate. And the other thing, as this jogs my memory, is that, and I, I had a friend who I think I talked about last time, whose brother was coming out, and, and they were a little bit disappointed that their brother didn't tell them first. And, and it's around the person who is coming out and figuring out themselves needs to be comfortable and ready to come out before you force them. If And not that my friend was going to force them, but yeah. it's just about like, if you suspect, I think we we're talking about this actually with your kids. Like if you suspected your child was, you know, maybe identifying in um, the 2SLGBTQ plus way that you don't want to force them to come out yeah. because it, it changes the dynamic and the comfort level of being comfortable with yourself. Right. So yeah. I think that's important too. If you suspect someone, you could drop hints, but don't outright ask them or kind of force them to to agree with, you know, yeah. that they are think they're gay or or bi or right. what have you, not binary. I think that's really important because uh, there's a lot of mental health that's wrapped up around self and and knowing who you are and and that sort of thing. Right. So yeah, well said. And then in terms of the only other thing in reflecting on that summary was, you know, still finding my voice. And, and I think we are always evolving and changing. And while we may know that this is this is how I am, who I am right now, or for the next couple of years, like, and we don't know how, for how long, but that it can change over yeah. time. One of the things that youngins are saying today, and maybe it's only in the drag world, I'm not sure, uh, from what I've been watching on Drag Race is... Uh, your era so like you could be in your you know empathy era or your glossy lip era or what have you right yeah. so so before you talk a little bit more about dre can we pause for a sec because yeah. i like what yeah. you're saying about your era i think sometimes when people are evolving and growing and when you have this mentality of who knows where i'll be in two years today i really like wearing yellow all the time yeah. and that's a simple example i'm just bringing out the simplest example yeah. right we know there's a lot more complicated ways to look at this but in two years i could hate yellow and i think sometimes those that are coming along with the journey whether it's our friends or people that are with us sometimes it's hard for those that 
have a different journey or different growth path. And yeah. sometimes folks like you and I maybe grow really fast in something, you know, like going from I never want to get a dog again to never say never and yeah. processing again, not sharing with everybody where you're at and all that. And you get to this place where you're like, okay, I think I'm ready. And then you have folks that are like, I thought you only wore yellow shirts or I, I thought you were never going to do that. And I think sometimes that's hard because a lot, lot of folks operate that way and it's difficult yeah. for them to see change in that way. And so I appreciate yes. when you bring that up because I think there's so many different ways to grow. One isn't worse than the other. So for those of us that maybe aren't familiar with what drag is, do you mind just yeah. sort of giving us a brief intro? What is it? Yeah. As well as like, what does drag mean to you personally? And then let's get into it. Let's see where we go with that. Yeah. So great question. I will caveat with this is my understanding of it. And I do have a little bit of imposter syndrome around this because I haven't been doing drag nearly as long as a lot of people and not as frequently, especially since I moved from my hometown where I, I have friends who do drag on the regular and I would do drag with them and so appreciative they would ask me. Here I haven't done it so much, but my interpretation of, of what drag is is really an expression that started out in the underground kind of world, right? Like obviously being gay, being bi, being a, a lesbian, which were kind of the more common entrance to identities that weren't mainstream or that were very hated upon, if I could say. So it was all underground. And so it was an expression to play with uh, what a lot of people know as gender fucking. So it was like, just because I present as a guy and I might identify as, as a, a man or a guy doesn't mean that I can't wear lipstick, that I can't wear quote-unquote women's clothing or even that like wearing it is one thing entertaining is another just having a persona where you're kind of having an artistic outlet right so it's it's a way to express yourself and it's such an amazing way to do that and I'm sure everyone listening and even yourself Kieran can think of a song that comes on and you could be talking to someone you're like Hold on, I just need to feel my oats right now and yeah. like sing the song and embody the singer or performer of it. You yes. know what I mean? Oh like yeah, Black Streets, no diggity. Yes. Every time that's on, exact. I love how your finger went up. Like, hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah, yeah, totally. So that to me, that's really what what drag is. It's performance. It's art. It's expression. It's all of those things and it's beautiful. Like it's, I live for it when I, we watch a lot of drag race, my poor husband. Okay. That's too much for one day. <laughs> but there's, And there's so many shows now and yes, it's becoming more mainstream. And I mean, that's a whole other thing for, you know, maybe more traditionalists within the community. You know, sometimes things seem cooler when they're more underground. Mm. You know, you just feel special in a unique way. And so, but that's, I mean, that's one argument or one thought. There's lots of benefits to being exposed to different people, different art forms. Like drag has evolved a lot over the years as well in terms of how people present or identify. And it's been more inclusive now, which is great. I still have my preferences of what I like from an aesthetic perspective for drag but i i always am pleasantly surprised when i meet a new queen yeah. either in person or you know on one of the shows one of the contestants if you will and how they blow me away and i'm like i didn't like this at first but now i i really enjoy it they're really creative they're really changing my mind yeah exactly so when you say changing your mind what would you was that sort of how this evolved for you were you 
team. Yes. This isn't for me. I'm a gay man. Yep. I'm going to stay in my gay man lane, whatever that lane is. Yeah. And I'm not drag is a whole different world. Is that sort of how that was for you? It's funny you say that. Like when I was first out, so I came out at 21, which I don't know if that's late or early. Nowadays, I feel like it could be a bit late, but it, it's different for everyone. Right. So when I came out, I was still for sure insecure with my my own sexuality. Like I was just coming to terms with it, right? And so drag queens, they they didn't really appeal to me. Like the art didn't appeal to me. The And I think it was, again, I was getting used to being comfortable in my own skin. And I had for so long tried to deflect any sort of thoughts of, oh, he's gay or whatever. Like I remember growing up and I swear at one point I felt like I could feel a lisp coming on oh. in my talk. And yeah. I like consciously tried to change that because again, not that there's anything wrong with a lisp, but a lisp is like targeting, like yes. you can't hide that. Right. So then you can be a target for hate or bullying. And, and so drag queens to me were like, this is, if you're hanging out with drag queens, like you're a target, yeah. like guilty by association. <laughs> and, you know, there's just a lot of, there's still hate in the world and there always will be. Sadly, I hate to say that I am a optimistic person, mm -hmm. but yeah, back then it was, it was a lot worse and I didn't even experience the worst of it. Like I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of my community who came before me to make it as safe as it was then. And now it's even safer. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, but really good question because I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, and now like full on love drag. So no you, doing. I did it at work. Well, you, today you know? you you show me a little tiny glimpse. We started yeah. with one of your wigs, right? Yeah. Do you do you name your wigs? <laughs> I don't name my wigs actually. They're um they're a part of a mystery for me mm -hmm. because I. And I had this epiphany yesterday. I was watching Drag Race. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Everyone's going to think that that's all I watch. I watch a lot of other shows too. I thought this is an area that I could, again, express more artisticness, I guess. Like styling yeah. wigs. Why I wore that one? You don't have to style it. Yeah. It's like this big, huge, blonde, kind of curly afro, if yeah. you will, right? Underneath is like a big comb. So that's what gives it its, uh, its okay. height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you don't have to style it. So I'm like, perfect. Especially yeah. now that I'm away from my friends who would help me style wigs i'm like god there's just you just realize how much your friends help you when you move away and, and yeah. they're not there totally so yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel that the closest i can connect to that is being invited to like an indian party out here in calgary because my yeah. mom has all my my outfits and my jewelry and everything. Like I go in her closet nice. and she helps us get ready. And so sometimes yeah. if I'm invited to a party out here, I'm like, uh, I don't know. So I'll wear the simplest thing ever because I don't know how to, you know, like yeah. I need my mom's or my my sister's help with getting ready. So I, I can kind of understand it's your community. It's your connection. It's sort yeah. of where it, it started from. Can I ask you mm. if you can take us back to the story leading up to how you decided to become part of the drag community. So when did it first start? Yeah, that's a good question. So so this was back when I was living in Edmonton, probably a good eight years ago, maybe now or seven. I don't know. The COVID time warp yeah. is like screwed up my perception right? of time. It's an it's a really interesting question because as I think about it, I've never really thought about the evolution or the like the introduction, if you will. So I started watching Drag Race with some friends and and started to appreciate the 
art of it and and what the drag queens were bringing this for any of those rupaul drag race friends i would say this was season four <laughs> mm. so and now we're on like season gonna be 16 i think oh, so wow. it's been around for a while yeah yeah totally worth it and we can talk about that later in terms of watching it there's so much you can learn from the show it's amazing and so i don't other than like watching the show and and people could friends could see that i had an interest in it i don't think i ever voiced it i i met some other friends who were drag queens and like we were just friends and i showed an interest in supporting them in their drag and like just that performance piece but i never vocalized oh i'd love to try this one day to my knowledge and maybe i did and i can't remember right but i think all of my friends around me saw me and how i lit up around it and they kind of guided me to give me an opportunity to do it and so my first experience with it was madonna was coming to town and and a good friend of mine is a huge madonna fan and in fact it was this whole group of friends they were all drag queens and they actually did a piece in the edmonton journal where they dressed up as madonna from different eras in drag and they had a photo of it and they all got tickets to go and one of the friends backed out couldn't couldn't go so they asked me if i wanted to and so they did my makeup and it was amazing karen like i get emotional thinking about it because it it, like i just felt like a superstar it was crazy and why because you're part of a group of friends you're kikiing as you're getting ready uh which is like a term for you know drinking and chatting and that sort of stuff and we took a limo to it was the old coliseum you know i don't Mm. think it's around they're demolishing it but we got out of the limo and we were there like almost an hour before the show started and it took us that hour to get to our seats everyone stopped us for photos and that's how amazing you felt like you no one would recognize you right and that wasn't the point but it was more about the art and everyone was just eating it up and it was so cool yeah to experience that so that was like the the impetus of it and when i was like god this is like this high this natural high was amazing so wow yeah very cool can i ask you which era which madonna era you dressed up as so i'm not as big of a fan yeah 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 So I'm not sure which Madonna era I was, but I can tell you like I was in leather, Mm. almost like if I had a whip, Mm. I would have had a whip, like kind of this 90s dominatrix Madonna. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think she wore that in one of her videos too, this patent leather Catwoman jumpsuit or something like that. I'm, I know it's coming back. I'm not sure if I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure. That's a wild first time, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, well, and you could you could imagine if anyone had that experience, they would fall in love for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the Absolutely. the motions, like you when you and I talked about drag briefly before the last recording, emotion you became emotional. Yeah. Today yeah. you're reliving the first time that experience, going to the Madonna concert yeah. and emotions are coming up. Do you mind if I ask you where those emotions are coming from? What are those emotions? Yeah, that's a great question. The emotions are just like a pure joy. And yeah, like, you know, when you're just in the zone and you're, you're feeling so good, like life is amazing and you're, it's like blissful and I'm an emotional person. So I'll 
start cheering up watching a, a stupid commercial. Like my yeah, husband is yeah. always laughing at me for that. Not in a like a haha you're dumb kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> like a, oh, that's cute. Like you're so funny. It's not upsetting for me. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. it just moves you, right? Totally. So, and I can yeah. I can tell the way you talk about it how you were moved because again, you went from not really being part of that community supporting it as your friends were involved and and yeah. also like the way you talk about how your friends witness this light in you and the way you were shining when you were anytime you know helping them get ready or yeah. at a show and to be part of that event that night and the way you talk about getting ready with the music on and everyone's helping mm -hmm. everyone I think if any of us can connect those important events we're going to, if it's your wedding, a friend's wedding, or a religious ceremony, something that you're so excited for and you have your community around you and you're preparing, like there are these deep feelings that I, even I can connect to even if I think of my own personal, my yeah. wedding or something that's important that I'm going to where you're yeah. around people that you love, you feel safe. But I would also imagine, and I'm just, tell me if I'm wrong, like, is there this feeling of you have so much control where you, you don't need the control either? Like, I don't know, how do you describe, like, maybe a kid being in a swimming pool where yeah. you're just letting go, essentially? Like, did you kind of yeah. have one of those feelings without being on drugs, I would imagine, where you get to show up, nobody knows who you are, which you said isn't yeah. part of the thing, but that's also interesting, too. Because yeah. it's like you're alone, you know yeah. you, this is you wearing this outfit, yeah. in this case dressed yeah. up as Madonna, and yeah. people are flocking to you. Like people are yeah. people are getting something out of this, right? Yeah. So I'm Absolutely. just like, what's that like? Like how would you how would you describe that as an example to anyone that's trying to connect to what that feeling is like to walk out of the limo and have that kind of embrace when maybe you weren't expecting yeah. it either. But I wasn't expecting it. Absolutely. So I think it, it's validating. Mm -hmm. It's a high that I imagine people who, let's say, are addicted to endorphin type sports like skydiving or whatever, where it's that high, that hit that you want. And I mean, I've, I imagine maybe that's what some people who end up using drugs and stuff, it's right. the same kind of feeling. It's something that you you can't really experience unless you've experienced it or think about. I don't know how to put words on it. It's just such a magical feeling. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you're in a dream, like a dr like the best dream that you've ever had around in terms mm -hmm. of what you're feeling and being validated and being like the center of attention. And because it's not yourself, if you're afraid of attention, I don't know if it's that bad because you're kind of a different person right it's like when you watch the marvel movies and yes. or even batman or something right where they don't know them whether they're normal person yeah. and then they're in this like persona or the superhero and it changes yeah. i literally felt like i had superhero attributes it totally. was so crazy yeah it was so crazy yeah that's that's amazing and you weren't expecting any of that when you got there what did you leave with? What did you learn about yourself that day that you didn't expect to learn about you? I think that there was an art to this thing called drag that I, I didn't really appreciate before yeah. and that I could see why people would do it. And otherwise, 
I don't know if I was that reflective on it, to be honest. Like, I'm thinking about that now, thinking, is there anything that I could learn from that now? And I think it's just like the high of performing, which I've experienced a few other times in my life, like when I was in choir and that sort of stuff. But I think that's it. It's just, it's one of those things that maybe this is what you're meant to do or it validates like this is this feels good this feels correct yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah totally i just keep coming back to this freeing feeling yeah when something evokes that kind of emotion in you whether it's a piece of art that you buy or going to a madonna concert there's nostalgia connected to that music or that song like you said and and sometimes even when you buy a painting, the feeling comes from somewhere. Sometimes it's a new yep. feeling you're discovering, but often there's a connection. Ooh, I felt this happiness or this emotion before. I, this is why I love this painting. It's this push or this challenge that we don't get from everyday life. And sometimes even that fear, you know, yep. that fear of being around a hairy spider that we're all afraid of, but it's like (laughs) there's these natural instincts in us that these feelings come from. So much control without having any control. I feel Mm. like I'm in charge. I feel like I can just let go, but I feel very safe to let go in that kind of way. Yeah. Maybe it is like skydiving in some ways where you know your pair, hopefully you know your parachute's gonna work. And the feeling might be different for everyone, or at least the experience. Right, yeah. that would give that feeling, and maybe not everyone has felt that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. If yeah. if not, I I hope that they can feel it because yeah. it's such a really amazing, freeing, yeah, experience. Yeah. To your point, right? Well, um, and and I think yeah. as adults, we not to compare, and I want to do this in the most respectful way. When we look at children, boys and girls, they have dress up corner, and they love it. If you go to yeah. if you go to a daycare, a preschool, your own house in your basement, you have superhero costumes, you have doctor costumes, you have princess, yeah. you have all these different clothes that are outside of what kids would wear every day. And but it's like using your imagination and your creativity. And we are born with it. And those yeah. of us that were blessed to grow up with nurturance, we we were encouraged to find that imagination and creativity and just the way i hear you talk about drag drag is an, is another example of finding that inner child that that creativity that Absolutely. freeing feeling where your mom's not going to get mad at you because you threw on yep. the princess costume even though you're a boy or vice versa and and i yep. just think sometimes when i when i see or hear folks talk about drag i automatically go to that happy little child getting getting to decide what it is they want to put on and play the part absolutely it's imagination yeah yeah right it's playing in the world and you're right adults for whatever reason and i feel like this has been a narrative since forever that i can remember you know at some point you grow up and it's almost like you and not everyone does lose their spark but there is a bit of that spark that gets suppressed and so I think it's important that everyone finds what that is. It could be pottery, it could be painting, it could be makeup, which to me, that's a big part of the art of drag is this, we call it beating your face. And <laughs> I have to beat my face a lot. Karen can see me like I have, I feel like very masculine features, <laughs> but to try and make them more feminine, right, mm. is isn't yeah. art and it's it's a lot of makeup <laughs> on, the, on the face, depending on what face you have to begin with. But it's... Finding whatever that passion is. It could be gardening. I love gardening too. 
but they're different. They serve different things, yeah. right? And yeah. I think everyone should try and find that. Yeah. Right? Totally. I would agree. Can I ask you, like, how does the process of transforming into your drag persona, how does that influence your sense of identity? That's a good question. So I know a lot of my friends and what I've heard for perhaps queens in the past is they would have experimented and gone into drag because they couldn't express themselves mm -hmm. in their original form, if you will. They're out of drag form to the way that they, they would like to. And so drag gave them that opportunity to express and explore who they are. Mm -hmm. For me, because I didn't start doing drag until my 30s, I had a really strong and good sense of who I was and I am comfortable in my skin outside of drag. So I'm perhaps one of the odd ones <laughs> where I'm more awkward in drag than uh, I am out of drag. Interesting, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and sure, imposter syndrome plays into that too, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's a little different <laughs> for, for me. For you? How, how <laughs> yeah. does imposter syndrome play in for you? So for me, I think it's because when I got into drag, it was around what I call my drag ants. <laughs> so there's just a step back, like typically people may have heard of like drag houses. So there might be, it's kind of like a family and that family has a, a matron figure, a, a drag mother. And that drag mother is kind of the head of the, the, the house. And they typically, if you get painted by a drag queen for the first time that the old school rules, I don't know if everyone follows these, but that drag queen is your drag mother and they're supposed to name you. Oh. And typically they will have a first and a last name or they'll pick a last name, the drag mother, and every one of their drag daughters will share the same last name. It was a little different for me, but I, I arguably have a drag mother, but I have a lot of drag aunts. And so yeah. there were just a lot of queens that I am friends with who... I got, they got invited me in to be a part of like group numbers and stuff. So I was already around queens who are very established, who were very well known in the community. And so when you're coming in fresh, yeah. like I think it gives a bit of that. I am not at their level. Yeah. I love this. I enjoy it. And so I think that's where the imposter yeah. syndrome kind of stems from for if, me if your yeah. drag aunts were listening right now or here with you what would they say to that imposter syndrome i mean they would probably laugh a bit and think of some of the performances i've done that you know you have to you have to go through and the more you practice the more you do the better you get yeah but they'd probably say you know it's not as bad as as you think it is, or you're actually really good. You're, you know, you're, we've seen the progression that has happened. One of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to learn to do my own face yeah. instead of having someone do my face. And so my, arguably my drag mother, her name was Ethel Alcohol or is, she's still around, doesn't really do drag, but uh, she was really appreciative of the fact that I didn't want to just look the look, but wanted to, to figure out my own kind of aesthetic and and makeup style totally. and and to me it's because it's art and like again if you're an imposter it's like the more imposter you could be is the more that you're not doing any yeah, of it that yeah. it's all being done by someone else yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not sure if rupaul does her own makeup ever oh interesting I mean, yeah, yeah 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 but she's like you know what there's other queens who have been around longer than her and who are really well known as well like lady bunny and 
those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, like yeah. I just wanted it to be me. So if I go somewhere else, I can like do it. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Totally. So, what, what is your name? Yeah. Are you allowed to, can you share? What's the name yeah, that you were for given? Sure. Yeah, my name is Gerda Hell. Gerda Hell. I love Gerda it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a, the audience or the listeners can obviously not tell, but I'm six foot three. I'm like 220 pounds. I go to the gym. So I'm not exactly a petite guy and so as a woman i'm a little more you know on the think of like the german beer wench and i am <laughs> i have a german heritage so, so yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of where the name came yeah, uh, yeah. it was one of my drag aunts who thought of you know what about gerda hell and i'm like i love it it's got the german yeah. aspect owed to my you know german roots yes. and hell is just kind of fun yeah. so my, like i always say well if you don't like it you can go, go to, to hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so. I, I i really yeah there's a lot to unpack in that name that's a good one there's a lot of little nuggets yeah. in there for sure that you can take away so do right. you perform i so yes yeah i hesitate because ever since i've moved i've done drag just a few times yeah. here and one of my aunts, a good friend, actually says, if you're in drag, you're performing. Yeah. You don't have to be doing a number for it to be a performance. That's a good point. But I used to do it more back home. Like, we would do charity fundraising for different 2SLGBTQ plus kind of community outreach groups. Yeah. So we do, like, drag bingo. Well, that was the biggest charity fundraiser. But it we would fill, like, this popular place called The Common in Edmonton. Even during Pride, would do, like, the downstairs, 9910, and The Common upstairs. And I'm not sure if they've done it since COVID. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not there anymore. But, yeah, it was just so fun to give back yeah. to the community, right. have a really good time, and yeah. do that, do other numbers as a group. Or I did do some performances like at the local drag bar evolution yeah which is which was a lot of fun a great place for a lot of queens and performers drag kings also right like there's drag queens drag kings yeah, yeah to perform so how does the like how does a connection with the audience when you are performing make you feel i think it's great like yeah. the, it's it's People have probably heard this, you know, the more energy the audience gives the performer, the, the performer will increase their energy. And yeah. I can totally see that, right? Yeah. You're looking at the audience. If you're trying to be funny, if they're laughing, that makes you feel good. It right. makes you like yeah. really lean into it. And if it's not, then you've got that self-talk. Yeah, going there's on, your imposter. Oh yeah. Yeah, get like, off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to like, oh, when is this number going to be over? Yeah, sort of thing? yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it doesn't translate. Like in your head, the number might make sense and you rehearse it and then you go out and do it and people don't get it. And I think that's yeah. that's art too, right? Yes. Like art isn't always going to connect with everyone yeah. and, and that's okay. It's yeah. just about expression and exposure to different things. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The, so. the, the great thing about any art is the fact that it's generating a conversation, and, yeah. and the hope is that that conversation that's being generated is, again, evoking some positivity, creating an impact, yeah. helping us fill those weird gaps of why don't I like this piece of art? You know, if yeah. anyone goes to Europe and you see naked statues everywhere, maybe that's yeah. not your thing, but it's interesting or there's curiosity that comes from what was going on at that time where yeah. these big models were were created 
uh, yep. where they're not wearing clothes. Like, what's that about? And so it's yeah. like asking the questions, like you had said earlier, versus I think assuming or deciding. Art, art's not art if we're assuming. That's not yeah. art. Art is an open, it's fluid, right? So I think it's cool yeah. to for you to also recognize, yeah, like everyone's not going to always connect with it, or you might not even connect with with what's happening in the moment. But yeah. that's also an interesting thing to go back and reconnect with later like what was that about totally and yeah one of the things that i forgot to mention before which happens now and has happened i would say since the beginning of the art of drag and that's political statements Mm. or protesting essentially were protests the social awareness well yeah absolutely and that's a good point right you know the whole Stonewall riots and and the you know the brick that was thrown by what I understand to be a black drag queen who was trans. So yeah, yeah. so there's there's lots of history or history steeped in yeah. drag and within the two SLGBTQ plus community. So yeah, so asking absolutely. is probably a great way to learn more because it's more than meets the eye. It's more than yep. just a bunch of dudes as people might think dressing up as women because they're bored. Sure, that's one way someone can look at it, but that one way won't help us learn about what kind of emotion, what kind of experience, what kind of thought, et cetera, et cetera, does this community evoke? And I think that's that's always the the hope is that we can be curious and we don't have to love it. We don't have to participate. It's not for us. Not everybody's into buying paintings and not everyone's going to be into participating. However, we often leave art studios alone and we don't protest in front of them and yeah. we don't break their windows and all that. And so is, yeah. there, is there a way to have that respect throughout the culture of art because it's, it comes in so many different forms. And I think that's, that's the connection to us humans because we also come in so many yeah. different forms. I think that's why we connect to that creativity. To your yeah. point yeah. on the different forms, just to add to what you were saying, like drag, like I said, drag queens, drag kings. So it doesn't matter how you identify, you can do drag. There's women who do drag as women. There's guys who do drag as guys. There's everything in between. You could be trans and do drag any which way you want to yeah. perform. You can, right? right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when there's acceptance in in a community in that way, that must be what what is the word that you would use to describe that that kind of acceptance and encouragement? Well, I feel like that's it. That, that's it. Eh? Encouragement, yeah. like yeah. a sense of family, understanding, acknowledgement, yeah. just a safe space for everyone to express and yeah. do this form of art. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit behind the glamour. Yes. Uh, so beyond the glamorous <laughs> exterior, what are the vulnerable moments or emotions you experience while in drag that maybe might surprise some of us listening today? Yeah. So for me, I think it depends on the, the song. Like if I am performing in a song, there yeah. can be vulnerability where the just the gravity of the words or the song itself can really hit home and yeah. spark emotion. And that can be... It could be strength, it could be energy, it could be sorrow. And it, it just depends on where you're at in life and maybe what you're experiencing. That yeah. could that could add to that. Do you go through a process when you are going from Mike to Gerda? Is there a process like like internally you go through? I, I understand the exterior. <laughs> you're you like you said, we can't even recognize you. But do you go through an internal process? 
For me, not so much, other than just the preparation of what I need to do physically. And perhaps while that's happening, there may also be that internal process going on as you see it. I think as as I see the transformation, it really like kind of stokes the flames or the spark. Yeah. You know what I mean? That gives you confidence when you're happy with the outcome of of what you're trying to achieve. Totally. Anytime I look good at a party, I feel great inside too. Right. Like, oh, Oh, this worked out well. My hair, my makeup, yep. whatever, you know, what I was hoping to put out today. What about for your, your husband, Sean? Like, what's his role in this process for you? Is he part of the community? Does he participate? What's his role? Yeah. So, Sean has done drag before, too, actually. So, the same person who did my makeup first has done Sean's, and Sean has a, a name that he's used called Chandelier. Oh, Chandelier. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and Chandelier is stunning. Like, if you think of a mix between like Carrie Underwood and Faith Hill, like yeah. that's what he, oh, wow. <laughs> that's what she looks like. It's really good. So sh- my hubby has done it a few times, but he hasn't done it in a while. Like, yeah. I think the last time he did it might have been our stagette. So when we were getting married, we each had stags, but we also had a stagette or a dragette where we were in wedding dresses from our friends and we did drag and then we got all of our drag friends like vis-a-vis some of the drag aunts and moms to do drag and we had two wedding parties like we were each in a white wedding gown and then we had our our wedding party which were all guys and some girls that dressed up and Uh, we went around and did like photos, yeah. kind of like a mock wedding, if you will, but That's it was so all cool. drag. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. So he's done it a few times now. He's like, he's very supportive. In fact, one of the best gifts that I can think that he gave me was he reached out to a bunch of my friends for one of my birthdays and got everyone to contribute. And he put together with the help of a, a friend who does drag a like starter drag kit. Aww. So it had all the makeup that I needed for foundation, eyeshadow, mascara, etc. Lipstick, you know, all of the stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. So like that was just such a sweet gift. And I think why it was so sweet, well, not only because he just knew that that was something I kind of wanted to do. And also there is, I don't know if it's the same now, but there used to be a stigma like in the community, if if you're a drag queen, you're not going to get a boyfriend mm-hmm. because guys don't want guys dressed like girls. Guys want guys, hyper masculine, macho men. And right. so the fact that he was comfortable yeah. knowing that I like doing this and and everyone can have different reasons for why they do it. Like art, like I said, maybe in some cases there might be some sort of sexual aspect to it. And that's OK. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for him. So like it, it was He wasn't worried that, okay, the, you know, the guy that I'm dating is now, he wasn't worried about, oh, is he going to start dressing more like a woman more often? And, and even if he did, like, maybe he would be okay with that, but it just wasn't the reality. So I knew he was comfortable with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a really sweet thing. And now he's just supportive of me. One of my friends came out. To Montreal and I, I made her bring her drag because I hadn't done drag in Montreal. It's a hard city to break into when Is you're it? an Anglophone. Yeah. And like these queens that are here are good and they like I think they have agents and stuff. That's not a thing out west, really, right. to my knowledge, at least not Edmonton and Calgary. So we did drag and we just had a girls' night out and we went to some bars and had drinks and then went to the gay village and 
we had a blast and they met up with us and it was great. Yeah. So that's yeah, amazing. so he's very supportive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's nice. And your family as well? What 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 would your mom say? Has she seen you in your Yeah, she actually outfit? has yeah. come. Yeah. Yeah, she's come to a, a a few performances, one at a gay bar, also to drag bingo. Yeah. Which was fun, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any so feedback? Do you get good. any feedback like from family and friends that wouldn't wouldn't know you as Gerda Howell and then they meet Gerda Howell and what would they say? Like, what would I expect? Uh, what would I say? What do you think I would say? Good question. <laughs> you're what like, I don't fucking say? know what you would say. Like, <laughs> you'd be like, wow, you're really tall and you're gorgeous. Why and, are you prettier than uh, me? <laughs> you know, sad, sadly, a lot of women say that. Yeah. And I just keep thinking, well, you have natural beauty and you have no idea how much makeup I have on, right? Like you could scrape it off with a spatula. It's so interesting though that that's what came out, that why are you prettier than me? And you you feel women say that. Or that they do say. And it's not necessarily why. They're just like, oh my God, you're so gorgeous. I wish I was gorgeous like that. And like you are gorgeous and you have a natural beauty. Like this is all makeup and you could do this if you wanted to but you don't need, need to. to yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it is interesting but I mean, it's me, like competition yeah. though i think do you think now that i'm thinking about ice that's the first thing that came out of my mouth I'm like why did i say that but it is it's insecurity your own imposter syndrome like as a woman you're battling your women battles of am i right. pretty am i you know I, i'm getting older Societal the pressures. younger way right all that stuff we all know that yeah. and then you meet a friend in drag who maybe does look prettier than you. Like, I don't know if I want to go out with Sean dressed, looking as good as, you know, the country queens. Uh, but right. at the same time, like, I think, yeah, that's interesting that that would be the thing to come out because it's like, oh, now, now I'm not, I'm not even pretty in the women's world. And now I, like, I'm still not pretty while my friends are dressing going as their their alias or their other you know no. this isn't their everyday life but yet there's still this comparison and honestly i think the thing it comes down to is just like more self-awareness work right no. like it's just it's not about in this scenario it's not about me if i join yeah. you or go it's not about you trying to outdo someone else it's not about you trying to make someone feel uncomfortable it's yeah. an expression and yeah. it's like, you can join me, you can be curious, but you can also turn around and walk the other way. Like th- th- you yeah. don't, you don't have to participate in Absolutely. what I'm doing. So I think to me, like full circle is like, yeah. yeah, it's interesting that that's what came out. And I think that's, I'm glad you brought that up too, that that is what women commonly would say. And sometimes I think that that's what happens is when you speak to someone from the community, whether they're in drag or even you meet someone that is trans, I think that is what happens these things we project it's like can we bring yeah. it back for a second and say like how does that connect with me this worry that i have of how you're going to judge me is yeah. my own worry of how i'm judging myself essentially say, but i think it's interesting that you say that because whenever that comment has been made to me i've never taken it from a competition perspective and sometimes i wonder if we dive too deep into something that isn't there like yeah. you can always find like yeah. almost like confirmation bias you can always find kind of an element or a truth to it that supports yeah. our narrative yeah. for me i feel like it's more like they're saying it as and i'm not saying that you're not correct kieran i'm just thinking the women are just complimenting me because yeah. they're like, oh, my God, you're a guy. Yeah. But you've Damn, gone you through good. this transformation and you look good. Yeah. And 
I just take it as okay, like my insecurity of like my makeup skills suck, yeah. and I'm like, wow, okay, they actually are pretty good. Thank like, you. Or yeah. thank God yeah. for dark lighting. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Day drag is the scariest oh. drag because <laughs> you can't hide in the shadow. Again, good point. You did a really nice job role modeling. We have so many different truths. And you talked about yeah. that in your last episode. My truth is my truth. Your truth is yours. Yeah. So on, so on. However, my truth is a version of this story too. Like, even though yeah. I'm saying this is how I'm connecting to it, this is how I feel, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean perception is fact. And yeah. it's good to be able to have, and you talked about this last episode too, like surrounding ourselves around people that challenge our perspective and don't yeah. quickly jump in with, yes, I agree with that too. And it's all coming back to me from the last episode because even what you're saying now, I'm like, oh yeah, like I, that's not necessarily what I would have thought, right? My my yeah. judgment would have been the competition piece because that's yeah. how I've been, how it's been ingrained in me. Yeah. And for you, that is a very different place to be like, oh my God, first of all, like a woman telling me I look great when you have imposter syndrome and you're like, did yeah. I do my makeup right? You yeah. know, like all this stuff that you're going through in your head and someone genuinely is recognizing the work you did and said, yeah. man, that's amazing. You look great. It's as simple as that. It's as kind as that. Yeah. And if there yeah. is something more to it, it's not really yours to dig into. It's, yeah. right? It's the other person. Like if when yeah. I see Gerda and if I'm being jealous, right? You know, like, yeah. that's not your yeah. problem. <laughs> like, but the other I'm thing kidding. That I, I would never be jealous. I'd be honored. I'm just joking. <laughs> but I honestly, I would be, I just want to like, yeah. you know, I would be so honored. I hope one day I get to be in the presence of Gerda. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Last thing I would just say to that, and you're right, like everyone brings their own perspective and perception is reality. So your perception is your reality, mm -hmm. right? And to your point, we have to figure out, is my perception based on fact or is it something I'm I'm looking for that isn't there? Yeah. But also, I, I just find it funny because mostly when women would say that to me, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't take four hours to look like, like if you did, you would look better than me. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, not that they just roll out of bed and then come yeah. to a drag show, but yeah. like almost the comparison would be like, you rolled out of bed, but I got up, I had a yeah. shower, I did exfoliation, yeah. I did all these. Like, we're not comparing. It, it's like Kim Kardashian, apples. right? Yeah, it's like, like when we she see. It takes the whole day to get ready. Totally. Like, they have glam, they have professionals, they have money, they have resources. All the celebrities yeah. that we see that look fucking amazing. You're right, because the rest of the world, we don't. We don't often take that many hours. We don't need to put that kind of time in, nor do we all. And I think it, yeah. that that is a really interesting point that you make, too, is recognizing that, too, that yeah. time is part of art. It's not something that we just quickly throw together. The end game when we meet Gerda is that's the one fantastic part of hanging out with Gerda Hell. However, it's the process of becoming Gerda yeah. that I think is the piece that gets missed for many people. For sure. We would see the finished product and say, you're amazing or all the comments yeah. that you get. Yeah. But there's more to that, right? Yeah. And, and it's something that happens in a lot of things in mm -hmm. society. We see the final product, right? Or you see that Instagram post and you're like, like God, they look gorgeous. This is a snapshot in time. Yes. Do you think they just took a random picture and posted it? No, they, yes. like, they worked on this. Exactly. So you're not seeing reality. You're seeing this split second of 24 hours and it's probably not the reality of this person anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's well said. 
Is, is there any for you or even for your community, any challenges or obstacles that you've either been part of or witnessed that you want to talk about in the within the journey of drag? Yeah, I think there's a few things that I can pull in on one of them. So I had mentioned like the wedding dresses that Sean and I wore. One was from a good friend who got married. So it was hers and she didn't want it. The other one was actually from our my drag mom who wore the wedding dress years ago with someone who dressed up in a tux and they were in the pride parade because it was either before it was legal for same-sex marriage or after so just kind of highlighting oh yes now same-sex marriage is allowed in canada but that wasn't always the case and it's pretty fucked up if you think about it like again that background story that we don't know about like why did where did i get this dress why did he have it well because we couldn't get married at mm-hmm. some point in time you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't that long ago i think that's really interesting and a, a note to point out obviously there is a little more hatred that's brewing in the states and it's it does cross over into canada and like yeah. drag story time is one of those things and Surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, my husband and I did do a drag story time. It was a few years ago. It was before we got married. So I feel like it was 2017 with two of our drag aunts. And we had a great time. Some parents brought their kids. Sean and I wore the wedding dresses. And we just kind of explained, like, asked the kids, you know, why do you think we're wearing these? And we're actually engaged. We're going to get married. Not how we're looking, but that's why we wore this. And yeah. The kids were fine with it. Like, in the obviously, you know, there were people that probably weren't there because they didn't want to. And great. Yeah. That's called life. Like, it's not like mandatory that everyone has to come and do this. It's just like religion. I'm not religious. So you won't see me in a church, (laughs) you know, or a synagogue or a temple or what have you. Doesn't mean that I don't respect philosophies or beliefs of that. Also, doesn't mean that I'm that I'm thinking there's brainwashing that's going on or Mm -hmm. because that's not the case. Again, you can kind of confirmation bias, whatever you want to fit the narrative. That's not the narrative of drag story time. It's just to have fun. It's dress up. It's playing. It's, it's kid appropriate stuff. If it, if, you know, if you bring your kid to it, like it's not, it's nothing else. So don't look for something that isn't there. Right. You know what I mean? So that's something that definitely comes up. And I've heard that there's been protests that have happened more and more around things like drag story time or others. And it's, it's not hurting anyone. It's art. It's, it's expression and it's appropriate for the audience. Right. So (laughs) can I ask you about that for those who might be hesitant or fearful how can we build these bridges of understanding and encourage like a a more open dialogue about drag and its significance i think it comes down to ask questions and maybe it's finding the right venue so you know you can look online i say that with a bit of hesitation because you can find whatever you want right so again if if you don't if you come across the wrong thing, you can, again, confirmation bias, which is feeding into your own thought process without that opposing thought or experience. Right. So maybe go go ask someone who's in drag, like, I have a few questions for you, if you don't mind. They might say, no, I don't have time or I don't want to, because we talked about this before, it can be exhausting if you're constantly explaining something that you're not privileged in and so they might say no and that's okay too but you it's about the intent so ask before you judge 
you know, judge, yeah. jury, and, <laughs> and all of that. Ask, go yeah. and talk to people, ask questions, express, like, you have to be transparent and open and, but open, not just to asking, but open to maybe having your mind changed. Mm-hmm. You're coming in with your perceived or preset notions and, you know, biases. And so if you're not, at all interested in maybe those will change, then you're not going to, you're not going to learn anything different. That might be the real truth. If I can say that. So, and I think with that too, it's like, there's a way to approach that. Cause like the reality for some might be that you're going to ask questions, you're going to look up and you might still come to this place where you're like, this is not for me. I don't want to support it. I don't want to participate. And like that, I hear you saying loud and clearly, like to each their own, like we're, we all have a right to decide yeah. what, what we want to believe and participate in, or from afar support, however you want to put that forth. I think it's just like what you said before, it's not the what, it's the how. Yeah. Do your due diligence, look into it. And you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But can you do you in a way that is respectful to you and to others that isn't trying yeah. to say my way is the best way and the only way. Exactly. Variety is the spice of life. And as long as it's not hurting anyone yeah. or creating misinformation and misinformation is a whole thing, right? Because it's based on your personal background, your biases. Again, and it, right? can, yeah. it can change, right? Yes. Like a, like in a perfect example. And I like that you brought the, brought this up that there may be other things that we need to think about. Like for me at a, there was a period where I was like, religion is bad. Yeah, Religion causes more harm than good in the world. We'd be better off without all religion. And then I go, okay, well, if I'm thinking that people who think like drag story time or 2SLGBTQ plus people are bad and they should be gone, then my mentality on religion is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I need to think about they're not all bad. There's good and there's bad. And it's about learning more and living and let live right as long as it's not causing harm to other people and i mean that's a whole other conversation but there's lots of religion that's good yeah right and so i think we can turn it on ourselves a bit too and think like you know change starts with yourself and and is there an area where i'm being judgmental that maybe i could be a little more open-minded because I'm willing to bet that there's a lot that we can all maybe just kind of dive into a little bit in our own selves and our own beliefs and stuff. Well, you ask that question and literally my brain is like 10,000 things come up, right? Where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, stop it for a second brain because you're – yeah, when we can can turn the mirror around and – because we always look external for everything and we when we go internal, I know it's more vulnerable. However, it's quite a – quite a compliment that we can look internal and you're right asking ourselves what can i do better at what can i work on and it's amazing because we stop (laughs) stop projecting our stuff right out out there more because it's like i have a lot to learn about this myself so i better go and do my thing over here for a minute before i yeah i start to put that i think you say that really well and 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 that's the hope of these conversations is for folks listening today anyone that maybe started this conversation that had a very different view of drag, my hope is that by the end, there's there's a little, tiny little bit of curiosity. That's all it is. Yeah. Just I'm not asking for a big change, just a tiny yeah. bit of curiosity of, oh, that's, I never thought of it that way. Or like yeah. you said, will that help, you know, like that beautiful chain reaction of 
help me connect to something else that I've been not leaning into over here that I'm struggling yeah. with, right? Because like, again, self-compassion is fascinating how much it supports empathy for others when we start yeah. to look and give ourselves a little bit of that too. So, yep. you know, I, th I think you, I think you say that well. So if we have somebody listening today that, first of all, kudos to if there is someone listening today that is still listening to this episode that maybe they thought Yay, they wouldn't like be, <laughs> right? Like, we appreciate that. Thank you for staying with us and wanting to learn more. That's, that's amazing. Maybe there's folks that we know in our lives that wouldn't have listened today or stopped listening because this conversation isn't for them. What would be one thing that you would want to encourage those folks out there or help us encourage those folks out there to think about or go and maybe do? So I think, again, not to, what is it, skin a dead cat or kill a dead horse? I can't remember the yeah, expression. Be, but is it like, like beat a dead, I don't know. I, I know I'm the worst at it too. We're going to like, <laughs> we're going to create a controversy right now. Let's we should create our own. Not to, yeah, yeah. I can't even think of. Yeah, well, I know. What would it be? Not to, <laughs> not to, not to paint the moon <laughs> in cheese. I don't know, like something totally random. And so everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with a good uh, but one. Yeah. At the risk of sounding too repetitive, like ask questions, be inquisitive, come from a place of wanting to learn. And preface it if you're afraid that you might be offensive, like, you know, I'm trying to learn more. I, I hope this question isn't offensive. Do you mind if I ask you a question to learn more so I can understand, right? I think that's a, a first start. Maybe expose yourself. Maybe this isn't a world you've ever been to. Look up a drag show. Not all the drag shows are going to be as exciting as you may think. Performers are different. Their art is different. Some might be new. Some might be older and more experienced. It's a, It's... It's a culture, and I think it's important to celebrate and to at least say that you've been there, done that, mm -hmm. or, you know, experienced it before you wipe it off your slate and, like, that's not for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, how can you say you don't like something or you don't want it if you've never tried it or at least been exposed to it? The other thing I would say is books. Look up some mm -hmm. books, and I have a few books that I can... I'll send to you here in the Perfect. names of and and then they can look them up and and not necessarily around drag per se, but just about the 2SLGBTQ plus community. And of course, just keep in mind, like, you know, an author is one person. Yes. So it's not dogma that this is <laughs> this is how it is. And, right. You know, but like one that I think of is Alphabet Soup. Elephant in the room, 2SLGBTQ+. Like, the letters are getting long. Yes. Our community is filled up of a lot of groups of people. Yeah. And I am a gay white male. So I don't know the experience of someone who is trans or someone who is two-spirit. I'm trying to learn more and I am learning more. But I can't speak to that. And in reality, I probably can't even speak to just the gay white male experience because... Those that came before me have a very different mm. experience, and and some of it is really scary when you think of AIDS and how it was a, a gay disease and or gay cancer is what it was called in the past. And like I can't imagine what living through that would have been like, losing half of your friends to this disease no one knew about and no one wanted to help you. And now you're in your seniorhood and you're losing them again because you, people are starting to die from more natural causes. Right. Like what a what a like scary experience that could be, right? Yeah. 
so yeah, I'll, I'll give some titles. I know one of them is Alphabet Soup, and another one will be around allies, and it's short stories of people from different experiences, whether they're people of color, they're trans, they're gay, they're lesbian. And I was learning on it because it's just an experience of someone who identifies this way, what the reality is. And I would never know if I didn't read or I didn't ask, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's helpful. Thank you for that. We will post those. We talk about allyship. We mentioned being allies. What does being an ally mean to you? That's a that's a really good question. I'm learning more and more about allyship, and for me, how I can be a better ally. For example, again, I don't I don't know the trans reality of of someone who's trans, so I'm trying to learn. So there's. I would say you could think of it as like there's passive allies and then there's active allies. Passive allies, maybe a little more self-explanatory. It's someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'm supportive, but you don't necessarily learn. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go support some sort of art or buy something from someone who identifies. Like for me, I'm trying to be more of an active ally to two-spirit or indigenous communities as well, because as a settler, like that's something that I think we all can learn a little bit more about mm-hmm. since we, you know, came on this land and are really benefiting from the generosity of the Indigenous communities before us, right? So yeah, that would mm-hmm. be my my take on the allyship. Yeah. Learn more, see what you can do to help, yeah. right? Yeah. And it can be different shapes or forms, but the passive is is better than nothing, but it, it doesn't really move the needle much. Yeah. So yeah. No, speak out said. if you hear something, right? That yeah. isn't uh that doesn't jive or, you know, isn't true. Speak out against it and go, you know, this isn't what I've heard or this is a little different than what I think the reality is. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. All right. Well, this is the Thank sad you. part of our conversation. Aww. I know, it's coming to an end. But I want to. This was a fun time. It was. Both times were. Yeah. And who Thank knows? You. Maybe there will be a lucky number three. Hey. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If, if the listeners, maybe we, maybe post these two first and yeah. see if anyone. <laughs> and like what the feedback is like, okay, you know, two and done. Yeah. <laughs> don't oh, bring them back. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt. I don't want to assume, but I highly doubt that will be the feedback. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That does bring us to these conversations are door openers. You know, as we are kind of closing the curtain on today's conversation, I think it's helpful for all of us to remember that these dialogues are not just endings, they're door openers, as we say. So each story, each perspective is an invitation, as Mike's saying, as I'm agreeing to explore, to learn and to connect. So I'm hoping that folks will reach out, will share their experience after listening to your episodes. Please, please send them our way because that also helps us understand what more you want to hear if we bring Mike or a member of the community back. So I think we're all trying to learn and do better. And so without feedback, we, we don't really know where to go and where to gauge. So let's keep these conversations open and going. And uh, another what big thank you for your time today. Thanks, Sean, as well. I'm, I know I'm keeping yeah. you on, on a Sunday. <laughs> Thank you so much for your genuineness, your openness, and just the way you role model what it is to be curious. The way the way you answer questions, the way you ask them, the way you've given me feedback as well. All those things to me are just really, really good role modeling, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the time and the platform, and I think this is great what you're doing to 
give space for different stories and different experiences. So people, this is the first step, right? I think yeah. if the listeners are here, they're already taking an active role to expose themselves to different ideas, thoughts, and and then decide where, if, when, and where they want to go with it, right? Yeah. So thank right. you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.